Welcome to the Intermediate Podcast. This is the show to easily get the knowledge you need to work in clean energy beyond the obvious. Don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> I need to do better, huh? Not excited enough? <laughs> Don't be like too hyped though. Welcome to the Intermediate Podcast. This is the show to easily get the energy knowledge you need to work in clean energy beyond the obvious. My name is James Gordy, co-host of the show. I'm Ben Hilborn. I'm Pamela Wildstein. Okay, maybe to get things kicked off, should we all introduce ourselves? Yeah. Hi. Most interesting person in the room. First. Not even close. Um, my name is Pamela Wildstein. I am a dual PhD student at the University of Michigan, studying environment and sustainability and urban and regional planning. Uh, I study energy geography and power systems planning. I had no idea you were a dual PhD. That I am. sounds like torture. It's not particularly. It just means you have to do some extra paperwork. I just don't suggest it. <laughs> two hands, two PhDs. No, no, it's one PhD. <laughs> one PhD with two departments. And one like the one department Whoa. is on North Campus and the other department's on Central Campus, meaning they're like four miles apart. So I have to bus back and forth between them for advising meetings, which is just amazing. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Maybe one thing that's interesting, um, they talk about this on the DER Task Force podcast. How did you get into clean energy, right? Like they say, how'd you get derpilled? When did you get derpilled, right? Like what's the like genesis of your clean energy journey, Pam? Um, I was studying uh, environment and sustainability and climate change in undergrad. Um, and when I was a sophomore, I clicked on the wrong... I'd, I'd already had a general interest in energy and taken a couple classes. Um, but one day I clicked on the wrong podcast and uh, it was the interchange, which back when it was run by Green Tech Media, and I just thought it was really interesting. And I kept uh, listening and I got really into wholesale markets specifically and the intricacies of um, like federal policies for energy. And I just kept self-teaching until I got to a point where I could take uh, like energy law and then uh, got really interested in DER aggregation participation in wholesale markets wrote my undergrad thesis on that, and now I'm a PhD student studying um, distributed energy resources. Amazing. That's a fantastic story that you clicked on the wrong podcast, and now here you are recording a podcast. It's it's come full circle. Someone is going to make the wrong click. They're going to click on intermediate, and that's going to be the genesis of their journey. I hope so, and I hope just yeah, like me, destiny. I, I hope just like me, they were so bored during their biology courses that they would listen to the energy podcast in the background of the biology homework to make it bearable. That's how you know you're in the wrong class. It's meant to be. Um, yeah, so James Gordy, um, I started my career in actually in oil and gas as an engineer. Um, and so like energy, but fully 180 from where we're at today on the clean energy side. Um, made the jump over to regular startups. And then right around when COVID started, I was just looking at like what I wanted to do next. Um, very quickly gravitated towards climate and clean energy is like the thing I wanted to work on for the next however long. Right. Um, and so really just poured, poured everything I could into learning about clean energy to try and make the shift from general tech. Um, and have been lucky enough to, you know, kind of come up the learning curve the hard way, which we can talk about in more detail. Um, I live in Seattle and um, I self-identify as a product person uh, in startup land. 
Very nice. I'm a stone's throw from, well, a very long stone's throw from, uh, from James in Victoria, BC, uh, you know, just up here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, <clears throat> my, uh, my journey kind of started in a somewhat similar way. Uh, my background's in electrical engineering, and I, I have only ever worked in startups. I've never worked in a company larger than like 120 people. Um, and that was like, that was a, a peak number for sure. Um, COVID came around, uh, and the timing was just enough that, um, the, my startup that, that I was running then, uh, we ran out of money and everyone was just scared for the world falling apart. Uh, and you know, that, uh, that kind of spelled the end of it for, uh, for us. And I was just working in kind of IOT. Uh, stuff at that point. And that was a, that was a huge shakeup uh, for me in not only just like having to wind down a company, um, but also just like, what, why am I doing what I do? Like why, what is giving the work that I'm putting out into the world meaning? And, you know, part of this is compounded by the fact that, uh, at the time I had, I had one young kid, I, I have two now. Um, and just this search for meaning in, in what I'm doing as well as a just kind of growing sense of responsibility to, wow, I really do need to leave. Like if I, if I care about my child, the way that I think I do and the way that I tell people I do. I really do need to leave the earth a better place than it was when I came to it. How am I going to do that if I'm not working on that every day? And so that was, that was the start of my journey was, and at the time I I had no idea what a DER was The I just, I knew that, okay, like batteries are cool. Solar is cool. EVs are cool. All these things like they're making impact and the, the energy transition is super cool. I didn't, I had no idea that there was this umbrella term for all this and that these things, um, were, uh, at a much deeper le level than many people think, you know, interrelated and, and going to be even more interrelated. But the day that I, the day that I learned the term distributed energy was that like light bulb moment doesn't describe it. Uh, it doesn't even come close to like, oh my goodness, this makes sense. And this is where I need to be. I, I understand my calling now. And that was, yeah, ever since then, it's just been, how do I, how do I build things that matter in distributed energy? That's shout out to Ben Adelson. It's a major climate Papa energy coming in right there with the purpose. Um, I guess we didn't cover this on the top, but like intermediate, of course, is a pun for distributed energy resources. So we're just going to lean fully into that and stay on brand. Um, maybe shifting over then, Ben, you kind of touched on this already. Um, I think it's helpful for all of us to kind of talk about like our why and how we got to being people kind of like loosely met through a long online community to recording a podcast here. Um, I think like for me, the why um, is very much tied with my own like experience and climate journey. Um, and so I thought I came up with the idea for the show, but Pam actually did. And she can touch on that later. Um, <laughs> um, 
I kind of very quickly was looking at climate from like a first principles discipline, right? Like IPCC and working backwards, all like realistic paths to solving climate involve abundant clean energy. You know, even if we're going to do tons of carbon capture, you need to power that with clean energy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I kind of picked that as like my segment of climate, as many people do. Um, maybe you have if you're listening. And what I've learned is that there's really great like introductory resources, um, which go to a decent level of depth, right? Um, just to name a few, um, Rewiring America. I really, really enjoyed that book. Like that was like a really profound moment for me to like, yes, I'm focusing on clean energy or the MCJ podcast or the interchange and the green tech media shows. Um, those are really like impactful for me and they really helped me like start to come up the learning curve and learn what is solar? What are batteries? What is demand response? Kind of these kind of like concepts loosely. Um, but then like you very quickly realize that if you want to move beyond like what is this stuff to how does the stuff actually work? How does it work together? What are all the details in it? Um, you're kind of left with a really tricky choice. Um, you're probably on energy, energy Twitter following people and they're tweeting really wonky things that you don't understand. And even if you try, it's really hard to understand. Or if they link to something, it's a thousand page PDF document from a utility or a regulatory filing. Um, and so you're kind of like having to wade into this advanced level content, which is just extremely, extremely intimidating. Um, and so if we need thousands of people working on clean energy in this problem to really like lay the foundation for all viable paths to solving climate, like we've got to lower the barriers. We've got to help people come up with that learning curve. Um, and so that's very much like the why for me is, you know, people have come before me and really helped me out and, you know, on one-on-one -on -one Zoom calls, like educated me about stuff or, you know, waded through different documents and do different deep dives. I think we all do. Um, how can we help people go up that learning curve more quickly and efficiently so that we can all work together because the clock's ticking on climate and, you know, we need to go as fast as we can and we need as many people working on this problem as possible. Yeah, there's definitely... It's, it's definitely a, a case of kind of solve your own problem for me. Um, I will, every, every minute I spend with, with you guys, I'm, I'm learning something. Um, and it's also the same thing of, yeah, like getting super interested in energy and coming up against this wall of, okay, like there's, there's a bit of a slow ramp of, okay, you can understand kind of what solar is and how it works and you, you like EVs and you might understand some things about that, but then there's just this cliff of knowledge that you have to climb if you want to get really into it and actually participate in the space. Um, and one of the, just a, a personal philosophy of mine is I, I don't care to ever to, to be the smartest person in the room. Uh, just not important to me. What I do care about is being able to hang out in the room where the smartest people are. And so if we can do that with the intermediate podcast of, you know, just arming you, the, the listeners with, you know, just letting you hang in the room where the smartest people are and having just enough that you can, you can understand what, what the conversation's about. And then from there, build your own deeper understanding. You know, I think we'll, I think we'll have done our job. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, hopefully we're a more eloquent fly in the wall. Um, but if the fly could ask questions, they don't quite understand what's being talked about in the room, right? Uh, not to say we're, yeah, just for, not to say that we're the smartest people in the room, but we have like 
taken our lumps and learned a decent bit, but, um, you know, we hope to bring in folks that can kind of have these interesting conversations that we can all learn from. Yeah. I am so grateful to all the smartest people in the room that over the years have helped me. Cause I remember like the minute that I hit that cliff and I realized like, wow, there is no more materials that are easily accessible for me to understand this topic. I have to go talk to people. I have to cold email people. I have to like go to FERC hearings and watch them myself or, you know, go start reading academic material that I'm not ready to read or read law reviews. And I just, whenever I think about that, I never want anyone to be in that position that I was in. Like I want to make those materials for people. And when I think about specifically why I want to do this, um, the other day, someone in my lab was at a conference and she was asked, you know, how do you balance your work and your public engagement? Because academics have like um, a certain amount of public engagement that they're like kind of obligated to do. And, you know, a lot of people apparently on the panel were like, yeah, you know, I, I tweeted my paper or, you know, um, I talked to lots of people about my paper and I helped the community understand, you know, I helped other people understand, uh, you know, what my research and findings were. And at my core, my dissertation is really about this question of how do people interact with the electric grid? What happens when we expect more of them? And what happens when they have more agency within the system? And how do we encourage this in a just and equitable way and make sure that we have like good outcomes? Um, and in, instead of just, you know, researching that and coming up with like those answers, I want to like make sure that that can happen. I want to help people have more agency. I want to give them the materials and the resources that they need to be more active players in the system and to get more benefits out of it. I hope as a side effect of all this, we drive your TikTok viewership up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a private account. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have time oh, to make TikToks anymore. I have to, I have to publish. <laughs> publish or perish. Speaking of... That's a great segue. God, you're just like queuing us up so well. Speaking of publishing, you got to ship. Um, ben, do you want to kind of speak to the release schedule? So, as much to uh, as much to give some regularity um, for for those people that really enjoy what we do and um, and want to uh, keep up to date with the podcast, as well as to keep ourselves uh, accountable um, and on some kind of reasonable schedule. That's that's why the um, every month and why the first Monday um, I think we've all been in a position where it's really nice to just settle into your morning commute and listen to something that gets you uh, excited or informed or just generally into the material that you might be working on this week and so we hope this can be your introductory podcast to kind of get you ready for July 2023 hopefully you've had you know we would be honored uh, to be the, uh, uh, to be what you put in your ears, uh, on a Monday morning. <laughs> ben, Ben's words, not mine. <laughs> Do not associate me with that. Yeah. Ben's words, not ours. Everyone is speaking their own. Um, yeah. Um, so a bit about where to find the content you've already found it somehow. And thanks for, you know, listening and making it this far. Um, Surprisingly, not so surprisingly, maybe intermediate, not intermediate as a DER pun, was widely available on the internet. And so you can find us at intermediate.com. Surprise, uh, Pikachu we'll have, face. That's right. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll be posting out the content in Substack. And then, of course, 
wherever you get your podcast, um, Apple and Spotify. I myself like to be a, you know, profess that I'm a cool kid and get my podcast on Overcast. So that pulls in the Apple feed as well. So wherever you get your podcast, but at the very least, Substack, Apple, and Spotify on the first Monday of every month. Pam, what are we going to exciting. talk about? Oh, the syllabus. Yes. Professor, Professor Pam, Pam on the mic. <sighs> Please, God, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess for like a syllabus of the podcast as we currently have it envisioned. Um, we really wanted to start with just like the basic technologies and resources themselves because it, the institutional landscape and whatnot doesn't make sense unless you actually know what's in it. So uh, talking about distributed energy resources like solar, uh, electric vehicles, heat pumps, demand response, whatnot, all those type of technologies. And then once we have that base level knowledge to work off of, then going into the different types of markets, the different type of institutions, the policies, the resource adequacy of the system, how does it function, um, and how all of that plays within it. And I could see this keeping us honest to other things. Like, let's say the equivalent of FERC 22-22, but whatever the next one's going to be drops. There might need to be an emergency intermediate episode where we figure yes. out what it says and then try and update folks about it. Those things do not just drop. I will let you know more than 90 <laughs> days before it will see the light of day. Like but it's, these, it's, they take years and years. We knew about FERC, uh, we knew about 22-22 like six years before it happened. Yeah, that's good though. That's on brand for energy, right? Like it's emergency. It's happening fast, but it's like 90 days. You know, that's the, that's the time. 90 days for public comment. Yeah. Um, so I think that the takeaway, right, is like, we're not going to shy away from the details. We're trying to learn this stuff just like you are and learn from all the like, really, really um, kind, generous, like, but also incredibly like talented and smart people working in this industry and try to help you kind of get up to speed just like we are. It's important to call out that it's not possible for us to, to be experts on, on everything, you know, look at, uh, saw a great article a couple of weeks ago about a totally new type of heat pump that relies on acoustic resonance, uh, as the pump, uh, did not exist before, uh, before now, there's no way we could have talked about it. Um, but, now we can roll it into an episode about heat pumps uh, and now we can talk about it. Um, yeah. And I think on that, right. Some episodes will be with this core team and sometimes we'll have guests and we've already recorded a few episodes with some really, really talented and knowledgeable guests that we're excited to share with you all. So very much a mix of us, but also leveling up our own knowledge with guests as well. Now you're, now you're breaking the, uh, uh, breaking the timeline, letting people know that we've already recorded actual episodes more than just the intro. Time is a relative spectrum, Ben. Um, and I think another thing to highlight, um, we're all on this together. We're all learning together. And so we want your feedback and participation. Ben, I know you had some ideas about this and how we might be able to engage the audience. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that uh, that I've always wanted to do, all of my favorite podcasts <clears throat> not only do I, I find the, the hosts extremely charismatic and I want to speak with them and hopefully people find that about us too. Um, but you know, people, the podcast will get deep into a topic and there will be just an element of it that I didn't quite get the answer that I wanted out of it where they didn't go deep enough into detail or they, there was some tangent that I wish they would have drawn a little bit further 
or even there's something where, okay, I, I have this kind of question that's relevant to the, um, uh, to the, the topic at hand, but I don't have any way of, of reaching these people. I don't, I don't know how to do this. So what we're going to do, um, is every few episodes, not, not putting anything in Estonia, but every few episodes, we're going to have a Q and a episode. And what we'll do is on the, at near the end of the previous episode, we'll let you know, Hey, our next episode is going to be Q and a, please send us your questions. Um, and I'll let you know now we'll let you know then that questions can be sent to indermediate at gmail.com again, D E R not T E R. And we'll, uh, we'll pick some of the, the best ones. If we don't know the answers, we'll go out and research them. We may bring in a guest. Uh, we'll figure out how to, how to bring these answers, uh, to your questions back to the show and, um, and yeah, get them, get them answered right here. And this is, uh, you know, it's a perfect time to plug, um, make sure that you're subscribed. Uh, the, o- the only way you're going to be able to, uh, to get one of your questions answered is if you know, when we're, um, when we're going to be doing a Q and a episode and, uh, you know, being subscribed and, and listening to the, the podcast soon after it, uh, soon after it drops is one of the best ways to, uh, uh, to get, uh, that chance. Pam, give us some icebreakers. Uh, how do you learn about DER? No, sorry. Okay. Um, how do you, you learn about DERs and energy topics? Wait, is this how do they or how did we? I think that was my question. Us. We're the how, how do we learn? How did, the, how how we, did we? How did we? How do we learn? How did we? How do we? God, we're a mess. I'm happy to talk. So, I mean, I think I started with podcasts and that's like how I engaged. But like you can only get so much given the content that was out there. And so what I would do is just, I think there's so much content out there and so many things to learn about that you just kind of like, for whatever reason that's relevant to you, you pick something you're trying to like learn more about and then you kind of try and double click on it. All right, let me try and find all the knowledge that's, you know, in 20 page PDFs or articles, you know, let me do a deep dive. Let me find podcasts for those companies. Let me reach out to people that work in that part of the business. Right. Um, you know, I think a really good example is like Ben Lerald wanted to know about BPPs. And so he started a BPP group and just started talking to experts in the industry and like finding a lot of content. And so I think it's some combination of find what's out there, take the time to consume as much as possible for me, and then um, talk to people, unfortunately, right? That's kind of what we're trying to help um, level up or make more high leverage. But when in doubt, I think people are really friendly and kind and knowledgeable and down to talk. Um, at least for 30 minutes on zoom. And so I find it super helpful to just reach out to people. I have a highly inefficient way of learning and that's by with reckless abandon, just trying to make things. Um, and I'll, I'll learn when I, when I hit the boundaries and when people, when people tell me, Hey, like, did you know that you're supposed to do it this way? Or that that's already been tried and that doesn't work like, Oh, okay. That's what uh, do you mean? Like, you go buy some old batteries and you hook them up and then you start a fire and then you're like, Oh, I kind of crossed the line or <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> I mean, that, that specific scenario hasn't happened. Uh, but you know, getting down the, getting down the road of designing a totally behind the meter, uh, solar, uh, solar project. Um, and 
I, this was, this was totally, uh, this was very early in my DER journey. I knew nothing. I had no idea that there were any sorts of regulations on, um, on what you can and can't do that, uh, you know, what some of the, what the effect of, um, you know, having a, uh, a local power source connected to the grid during a power outage, um, that how that's crossing a line, things like that. Um, you know, full disclosure, I never did any of this. I didn't actually build anything. It was, this is purely theoretical. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tend to err on that, that side more often than not, but yeah, that's, I, I try to learn by learn by learn doing, by learn doing. by designing, and then seeing what seeing what people think. Um, and I, I think a lot of people tend to be really open with uh, with feedback and resources when you come to them with, "Hey, I have an idea," or "Hey, I have uh, uh, I've got this design," or "I'm working on this thing." And people get really interested. I, I would just uh, I like before I was you know in grad school and, you know, had functioning health and guidance, I would just show up to stuff that there was no way I was ready to handle. Like I, I would, I, I was like, I just want to know about this thing. Okay. There are webinars. These webinars are way too hard, but I'll just show up and I'll write down terms and then I'll go look up those terms later. Or I would just like law reviews, by the way, are free. There are tons of energy law reviews and they're like all really long and they're incredibly complex, but you can go read them. So I would just go read them. And this was like before I had taken real law classes and I was like, okay. And I just wasn't scared or to go to things that maybe were, or read things or interact um, with people that were like way smarter than me. Uh, or I just, uh, I got the funding to go to some that's like awesome. energy industry contract to get, go to some energy industry conference. And that's where I learned about DER aggregation, participation, in wholesale markets. And then I convinced one of my professors to let me like spend the entire semester writing an entire paper on it. I was nowhere near ready to write that paper, but they were like, yeah, go do it. Um, so I would say but my advice when it comes to energy topics would be like, don't be afraid to go, go to something or read something that you think might be too hard for you because you might find that it's not, or you might get one piece from it. That's exactly what you needed. I once, uh, someone in the industry once said, Hey, you should check out this webinar. And I emailed him back and I'm like, well, I can't attend that webinar. And he said, of course you can. It's free. Who's going to stop you? I love that. I, that's the kind of, that's the kind of approach that we need to, we need to foster. We need to, uh, you know, give people the the confidence to do it. Like, yeah, just that this industry is here for the taking. It is, it is growing exponentially. There's so much opportunity to get in there and learn and make your impact and, you know, don't let, don't let things hold you back. And if we can be a part of that, of, Hey, if we can arm you with just enough knowledge that, uh, you know, that you can, you can sneak into that event and not immediately be tossed out because people know that you don't know a thing. Well, okay, maybe we've done our job. Yeah. I mean, I think imposter syndrome is a real thing. Everyone pretty much, unless you're kind of a crazy person probably struggles with it. You know, I know I do. Right. And so it's intimidating, but know that everyone has kind of gone through that is going through that actively. And so I think go for it and then let us know how we can help. Yeah. So to, to put a bow on that, 
we're going to ask these questions to guests when we have them on the show as well. Um, we want to, uh, um, you know, at, at the same time, what we want to make, um, uh, while we want to make the, the information easily digestible and, um, and understandable, we also want to want to make sure that everybody understands that all of these people that are experts, they're human, that they all got their start somewhere, that they weren't always the, you know, uh, leading expert in that, uh, um, in that field. Right. And so we're, we're going to bring these questions up when we have guests on and, and we'll, we'll see where people got their start. Yeah. And maybe second one, right, Pam. You, you uh, yes. Oh, what's an aspect of DERs that you still have open questions about or what upcoming developments are you most excited about? I guess for me, this is the same question, but yeah, I'm happy to go. Um, again, I put five seconds into this. I just thought of it as Pam was reading the question. So, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things I think we're all excited about, but, um, I think there's this banner, like, you know, you think about the grid and the history and like the slow kind of like move from centralized and how things used to work to distributed and maybe more customer driven. Um, and I think we're kind of been in this phase where we've kind of just been like amassing kind of early market share, but not really like mainstream adoption of a lot of these things. Um, and it's maybe caused some issues around the edges, but like, hasn't really like gone full gone and maybe like with some of the grid reliability or, you know, mainstream adoption of DERs, we're starting to see this, but I think, um, for me, I'm really curious as we move into the second phase of like mainstream distributed energy and adoption of it and like more like customer led energy revolution. Um, what does that look like? You know, what does it look like when we really need to do real actual flexibility to like keep the lights on or we have high penetration of renewables or people in West Texas who work on the oil field or buying an electric vehicle because it's just better. Like these are things I'm really like curious about as we move into the mainstream market and this stuff like really starts to come real, you know, 2030, 2040, 2050. These are kind of nebulous far out into the future targets, but those are starting to happen right sooner than we think. And so um, what does that look like as things start to get real? I think is what I'm really interested about. I like that. Something that's really important to me is, you know, the energy revolution is nothing if it's not equitable, right? Like we can't have the, the haves get clean energy and the have nots don't. And how do we, how do we, uh, you know, the, the people building things or uh, the people designing policy or how, how do we make sure that we're, we're making this across the board a win um, and when do we start to see that actually happen? You know, the electric car revolution arguably started with the Tesla Roadster, which was absolutely a toy for the rich. And that has, that has EVs have come down market and you can, in some jurisdictions with the right, uh, incentive stacking, you can get an EV for, you know, around $30,000 sometimes even a little bit less. Um, but that's still, that's still a new car purchase. Um, and what's that going to look like as, as you get deeper EV, uh, penetration into the market, you get a stronger used market, those kind of things. Um, and the same thing for, for solar and, 
and distributed energy resources like like batteries. Um, this is, I don't know, it's something that I have a lot of curiosity about and very little insight as to what's currently being done. Yeah, totally agree with that, Ben. Um, like one thing that I really think about a lot, um, I'm from Louisiana. I've spent a lot of time in the South, right? Not necessarily places where everyone's got solar on their house and driving a Tesla and, you know, working in clean energy jobs. How can mm-hmm. we really make sure that, you know, this is a win for everyone, like you said, you know, and make sure that there's this tremendous area of like wealth and opportunity creation, job creation. How can we let all folks in an equitable way, um, you know, participate in that? Um, I think it's a huge opportunity. You know, there's certainly challenges there, but, you know, we have the opportunity as we're building a new system to do it right. And is it going to be perfect? You know, I'm sure it won't, but we can at least try and really like have these design considerations or inputs top of mind as we're working through solutions. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we wrap it there? We'll call that, we'll call that episode zero. And, uh, you know, I, I learned some things about you guys that I didn't know before today, uh, which is awesome. And hopefully, hopefully everybody listening has an idea who we are. Um, well, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll have little bios on the, on the Substack or something so people can see our faces at, at some point. Who knows? Yeah. But just, a, uh, yeah, just a reminder at, uh, as we wrap this up that, um, you know, we're, we're going to be releasing these, uh, the, uh, the first Monday of every month that you can, uh, uh, you can find us at indermediate.com as well as if you search Indermediate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And, you know, remember to hit the subscribe button um, on, the, uh, on the podcast so, uh, so that you, we, can be, we can be the first thing you listen to uh, every month because that's, that's our little goal. That's my little goal. First of the month. And then I'm, I'm told, but, you know, who knows how these things actually work. Reviews really help. So if you like this, please share it with people you know in the clean energy community or otherwise and give us a review um, to really help us, especially as an early show. Give us the tough feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Be honest. We'll appreciate it. Um, Well, I think that's probably good for now, right? Um, Let's wrap it. Ben, Pam, that's a wrap. Till next time. Thanks. Great month.